Welcome to the Gritty Filmmakers Podcast, where we take a look at the film industry from the perspective of indie professionals. I'm your host, Alicia Cole Heinrich, and in the studio with me today is my dear friend and Grit House partner, Justin Lewis. What's going on? Hey, welcome. So today, we are going to take a look at um, lessons learned from a first-time feature filmmaker, and we are going to bring up Collider, which I know... You're so excited to talk about, oh, right? So very excited. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, there's some undertones of sarcasm there, <laughs> but uh, I think what's so great that um, hey, we've been there, we've we've gone through this process before. You know, I got the chance to be a producer on the film, and then you, and also Danny um, Daniel Ford, you know, good friend of yours. He was also a part of bringing this to life. This was a dream of yours. Tell us. Where did this all get started? Yeah, I think um, after film school, um, so Daniel, Daniel and I went to film school. So we've been making films together since like 2007. So um, he was kind of always my producer buddy. Um, he did some films as well. I was his editor. So together we were like, let's just make a film. Um, and I think I was the one who was really pushing it. Yeah. I was like, we can make a film for five grand, 10 grand. Who, who cares? <laughs> I can, I'll, I'll bring up the money. Let's just figure out how to make a film. So uh, we started brainstorming some ideas. And naturally, when you're trying to make a micro-budget film or basically no-budget film, we were like, who can we use that um, would basically work for pennies? <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what are our resources? Right. So we looked back. Yeah. Is. What are our resources? So we looked back at the people we've worked with, the crew we've worked with, and we started writing a list. And the first actor, actress that came to mind was Christine. We had done a film, uh, Serene Valley, with her that did, that did pretty well and did the festival circuit and stuff and had a good experience with her. And uh, I was like, all right, I'm sure she'll say yes. And at the time, she was in <laughs> high school. Oh, wow. We finished it when she was in college. No, actually, she might have even been going right into high school. Um, so it kind of blossomed from there. It was these, we started writing a script for her. It was this kind of this drama script. Um, and we also were like, what's unique to Colorado? So we said the mountains. So let's just have a girl come from the city to the mountains. That's and, smart. And yeah, so that's where it started. How it ended up the way it ended up, I have no, like that's a longer story that we might get into <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, we'll get but into it started it started with that, and then we wanted to add more genre to it so that it'd be a little bit more sellable. So we had multiple iterations of a drama script, and then we went to fantasy. And then at the time, uh, Danny was really on fire about time travel movies, so we were like, let's just make a time travel movie. We can sell it and go from there. So it just kind of blossomed. So what would you say, um, let, let's talk about just the script. So, you know, before you can even make a feature film, you got to have a script or you have to have a story, then you have to have a script. Um, you know, walk us through what were some even big takeaways or lessons in writing your first script? And maybe it wasn't your first. Maybe it was your Yeah, it was. I, I had written a, another feature in film school. We had a feature writing class. Um, but trying to write this one, I just kind of wrote that one to practice writing. This one we were trying to actually write to make. Gotcha. So that's a little harder. We started, you have to use your resources. And um, I don't know where the inspiration of it really came. The inspiration was the idea of making a film with us and Christine. So that's where it, it kind of all started. Um, it's very, very difficult. I got fired. Danny fired me because <laughs> I, I took too long. <laughs> Because I would make a version and then we'd have changes and I'd be like, I don't want to do this right now. What what was that conversation like? What did you say to you? Like Justin, well, I do remember. Do so around the time um, we we got the sci-fi idea, I started a company with us, you know, yes, back when we yep, were 121. We so I was really busy with that. So I remember I wrote like the, maybe the first 
20 pages and we sat on that for months and months and he kept saying hey is the script done hey is the script done and event and I kind of softly put it out there like I was kind of hoping he would just take it over (laughs) at that point (laughs) so I'm not really sure the conversation started but he took it over and then he gave it back to me and then I took it over and then we kind of kept going back and forth a little bit about it so it was a very collaborative um, process of how that how the story uh, blossomed to where it was we did have a draft that was pretty um, that was pretty solid I thought and we were ready to go into production on it. And then you told us it was going to be $400,000. <laughs> so then we started that. cutting story um, and cutting things so that we could actually make it for very cheap. <laughs> what are your biggest takeaways from that experience as far as the script? Mm-hmm. Like, let's let's get into what are the lessons learned? Yeah. Well, I think you got to start with um, what's doable, what's your resources, figure out especially on a micro budget level, figure yes, out what you can do. Um, if there's any locations that you have access to any actors, um, any crew that you have access to. And then from there, find a story that you are inspired by and find a story that um, you can tell and see through for years and years and years. Um, when you write a script, sometimes you jump to the very end and say, oh, this would be really fun to make, not realizing that you have to live with that script for the next two, three, four, even five years. I mean, we started writing Collider in 2012 Right. I'm so talking about it now in 2019 years. right now. Right. Um, so I, I would say um, make sure that you are um, connected to the story and its characters and fight to maintain your the essence of that of that story like and the soul, theme, your theme, the point, the point of it that you're trying to make. Stay right. true to that. Yeah, stay true to that. And I think uh, the excitement of production will sometime... Um, Trump. Trump. <laughs> Trump story. Yeah. And I think that definitely happened that. happened on Collider for me, even from a director, where it's just like the excitement of production. I was like, sure, we can get rid of that scene. Who cares? We'll figure it out. And then in the edit room, I'm just like, why did I cut so much? Why did right. I cut so much story out? Right. We went from, you know, getting the script to a certain place. Um, what were some other lessons and takeaways from even just the script process to production? Do you remember? I'm trying to think like because we actually developed our process mm-hmm. based on Collider. Um, we realized, gosh, we were really missing a green light process mm-hmm. for making sure the script was in a spot where it was ready to go. I think you you had even shared that with us. Like, shoot, you know what? We probably need to go back and, and work on another draft of the script. Yeah, I think we got I, I think we were just so excited that of the potential to get into production um, one thing that uh, Danny and I talked about looking back at the film, we were like, wait a second, we never even had a table read for this. <laughs> okay. So some of the dialogue so that we lesson. were hearing, we were hearing for the first time and we were just like, man, this stuff is just, it's not working. But again, I think the excitement of getting, getting, into, production. getting into production, we just kind of greenlit a script that was, was uh, there was some potential there. For sure. And I think, and I think the, the overall plot, plot is, is cool and the story is cool but like when you really start breaking it down especially from a director standpoint there was definitely some um, holes that we should have filled and should have, <laughs> should have looked at before so let's get into that the so now you had to switch hats basically from writer to director mm-hmm. and getting into that mode and uh, you were also wearing a producer hat as well so producing directing getting into pre-production talk to me about pre-production and what that was like it was all kind of a blur. I mean, th- that was a crazy time in my life. Yes. We had, I was producing Hush Money. Our yep, other film we were working, was working on Hush, Hush Money. Money. I was editing a feature length documentary. Oh my goodness. To this day, it was the biggest doc, I've, biggest project I've ever worked on. Which and won an Emmy, by the yes, way. Yes, so. it did. And um, I wrapped that, I think, the first week of Collider. 
production. Like I was, I remember handing over the hard drive to the producer after our first week of Collider. Okay. So, so I was, and I was moving it into a new house at the set at the time. So I was just, I was stretched thin on so many levels. And I think the hat that I probably wore the best and the most was that producer hat. You know, I was thinking, okay, I had a, a strategy of how to get this money, how to get it filmed. Um, mm-hmm. Casting, I was like, okay, who who works? Who's available? Right. Who's here? Um, locations, all of that. So I really wore this producer hat because I think you, along with Danny, he, you know, he did a lot of, he came down and he's, he's out in LA and came down and stayed with me for a while. And we just kind of figured out how to get this thing into production. And I think... So much the writer hat and the director hat kind of had to take a, a, a back seat to that. And that was something I struggled with as I got into production is, oh, man, I, I'm not prepared as a director. Like, I, I got the I got everything into production. Right. Like, but I was I was stretched thin at that point. But I think this is actually something for a lot of directors out there. If they don't get partnered with the right team or people or the just even assessing your bandwidth. Yeah. For that, I mean, so looking back at that season, I mean, obviously the lessons are kind of obvious. Yeah. But what are your big takeaways or lessons from even just getting into that pre-production? I mean, time's always a, a, a big one for me. I think giving yourself the time to evaluate your script and giving yourself time as a director to actually uh, communicate your vision, communicate your vision yeah. to the crew and the cast, and even to yourself. Sometimes. You, I feel like you need to have that vision. I, I keep going back to like the soul of the film. It needs to be inside of you as a director. So um, when you're starting to make decisions, you know you're making decisions for the story. And um, if you're rushing into production, you're going to miss that that period of time to really sit with that story. Yeah. I. So how did you get money for the film? What yeah. was? Let's talk about that because the one I think we kind of came into the picture right when we were going to start doing development, a business plan. I think we came, we did all of that. But maybe let's talk a little bit about that and how did we fund this film? <laughs> so we funded it uh, um, multiple ways. I think the first round of funding came from um, a guy that we pitched the story to. We said we need a little bit of development funds. And you took a, what did you take to him to do that? Like how, how did that meeting go? Um, I think, you know, I can't remember. Yeah, uh, you know, that it was, it was a, it was a, a, a friend and, I think we sent him the business plan at that point. So we had a business plan. Yeah, we we did a business plan. We had a budget in place. synopsis, log line, all that. Mm -hmm. So we sent a business plan. And it wasn't much, but it was something that got us to the point where we'd be able to, you know what? I think my timeline might be different, though. Did those development funds come in before or after the mood reel? I think it was after. It was after. All right. So let me let me go go back. back. So let's go back. So um, evaluating the film, I said to myself that, um, I, I probably need to show, have some type of show reel, mood reel, I call it a mood reel, um, but it's basically a pitch trailer. Right. Um, so I came to my team and says, hey, I have some money, <laughs> my own personal <laughs> money. I'm going to pay as much as we can, and we're going to go out and shoot for two days. We're going to come up with a trailer for the film. And I really use that trailer to get funds. That trailer, along with a business plan, is what I use to pitch a lot of people. So the first round of money came in was uh, for development. So we got, I think it was like a couple thousand dollars or something like that. Grand, yeah. yeah, it was two, two grand. And we were able to develop uh, posters and, and content. And um, I forgot what else we used it for. But really just to get everything started mm-hmm. uh, for Collider. 
and then the business setup, the, the bank yeah, account, bank account, all, all that, that stuff, every all, all the business stuff. logistics stuff um, we we use for that money. And then on top of that, we did a uh, Kickstarter campaign and we raised mm-hmm. seven grand or six sixty five hundred or something yeah, like that. Yes, we basically we hit we hit exactly what I thought we'd hit. Like right. I, that was one of those. Like, that was a again, successful campaign. That was just absolutely. another way to do it. You use the mood reel. Mm-hmm. We had business plan. We had other assets yes. that we were able to utilize and mm-hmm. we were able to mo- mobilize a lot of people to help us out. That's huge. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we uh, uh, I remember sitting with <coughs> Danny and talking through how much money we could get. And that was one of the things I was proud of is that we, we accurately like, like figured that anticipated that. Right? Yeah. And then I had another section of, OK, I need to get some soft money. Um, soft money is just money you don't owe to anybody else. So um, I use my money. <laughs> you know, that, that job I was talking mm-hmm. about, um, it was also financially probably the biggest job I've ever had. And I, my lovely wife was like, okay, I guess you could use it on your money. <laughs> I mean, she's, she's great. It was, it was, I think she was the one who even suggested it. Um, so I used that to really get things going. And then the rest was came from investors. and Just private equity. Private equity. And we went um, and pitched. <clears throat> Use the mood rail and the business plan, and um, money started kind of coming in once momentum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was that was huge. Yeah, and and then I think we had to go back and I think we relooked at the script and the breakdown mm-hmm. and just figured out where where we can cut. Well, and really, what we did, we just backed into it. <laughs> we I backed mean, into a the, the, we didn't have enough money to actually shoot the film that was on the page, but we still tried. <laughs> that's one of the lessons. Well, is, that is you one know, of the lessons. I, I mean, you can shoot all you want, but. It was definitely very ambitious, um, which is why it took two, three years to finish. Because it just we, uh, even though we were done with principal photography, we did we didn't have enough money to shoot the rest of the film, so we had to get creative. Get creative, yeah. Well, what's the lesson in that? Because I do feel like this is a common uh, mistake or just a common attitude that a lot of first-time filmmakers have. And so, you know, looking back, what would you do different? I would do a lot of things different. I think <laughs> I think I would probably have pushed the film a few months. Um, I think I was really anxious to get started on it, just to get into production yeah. on something. And I and I I missed that sort of director time. But at the same time, looking back on it, um, I have a different perspective of why I'm making films and and what this art form means to me. And yeah. I had to go through Collider to I think to realize that mm-hmm. it's, for me, it's not really about just getting into production on anything. Like you really want to value the story and value the art form. Mm -hmm. And I think too many times I see that for some reason as filmmakers, um, I feel like what we do becomes sport almost. Mm. It's like this competitive sport. Mm. And and it's just like, it's all about, you know, being the one who gets into production or being the filmmaker who made a film for pennies and gets to say, hey, look, you know, Mm -hmm. I I made something out of nothing or or whether it's money or a festival or accolades or or whatever. And I'm not saying that I was in it for all of that particularly, but I just think the idea of being in production almost validates you as a filmmaker. So I think a lot of people try to rush into production just to validate like, hey, I'm a filmmaker. And I think you need a little bit of that to get something done, though. I mean, it goes back to that grit conversation that we always have. It's like you need a little bit of that sort of bullish mentality. Like, I'm going to shoot a movie. No matter what. I have no money. I don't care. I'm I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to go shoot a movie. And I think um, that's okay. I think that's okay. But you have to understand what you're sacrificing when you get Mm -hmm. into that mode. And I I didn't think I realized what I was sacrificing. Um, I'm very, like, happy with, like, getting collider done like the fact that we we got it done was a kind so of a miracle we, we overcame so much 
we didn't have a ton of money. Uh, we got hit with a lot of post-production issues that took forever for us to, to get it. We ran out of money. We had to, you know, partner <laughs> with certain people to, to, uh, to, to get that film done. Um, but from a, I think, uh, director standpoint, I think that's where probably a lot of my bigger um, regrets and stuff come from. Is just like honoring the story and, and trying to be more into the story and making some decisions that were a little bit more story driven than just logistic logistic mm-hmm. driven. So lessons learned from even production, you would say, really having more pre production time as a director. You always love pre production. I yeah, mean, yeah, directors are, I mean, need yeah. it though. You, I mean, you need pre production um, and meetings and um, you just need to live with your that story for a while. And it was so hard for me to get to that mode because I was also, you know, producing and we were also trying to do this huge film for no money. So how so. do you get into that mode? What would you tell other first-time feature mm-hmm. filmmakers? Like, what's your advice to them? How do you get into that mode? Because it is a mental state of yeah. being. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know. I think I think I would say having understanding why you're making that film and like... Number one. N- number one and, and letting that drive everything you do. Um, I think when we first started Collider, the idea was just to make a film. And that was that was our only that reason. Was the, basically. That was the reason. Like we're gonna practice. We're probably gonna fail. It's okay. Like we're just gonna go out and make that film. And I think what happened was, you know, that started in 2012. By the time we shot in 2015, I think my mentality kind of changed, but it was already too late. <laughs> okay. I'd already made so many, like on set, I was like, right. wait a second, this is this is not what I want anymore. Like I don't want to just make make a, a film, film for anything. Like, yeah. And I think that. Um, you know, I was constantly battling that. And I think that you have to just keep reevaluating and, and asking yourself um, as a filmmaker and especially as a director of what am I, what am I trying to do with this particular film? Mm-hmm. What What is the goal of it? And what am I trying to say? Um, if you lose sight of that, I think you're going to be swimming in what to focus on. I do think what you just said about what am I trying to say mm-hmm. as a director? I mm-hmm. think that's a huge filter, huge goal or priority to have. Um, I think that's something we've learned. I've watched it with Terrell as well. Mm -hmm. And I think making sure that you know, you know, why you're making this film is huge. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'm not saying it's wrong to make a film to practice and and to go into production and everything. If that's the case, go make your film. Like, Go make your film. Go have fun. um, uh, Learn a lot. I just think that there was a because the script had evolved so many times. Mm -hmm. I think I kind of lost what I what I was really doing with it yeah other than like making a film (laughs) what are some other lessons from uh production just even outside of directing maybe producing some other things that we learned um the whole company move thing is is true that company moves are are tough on the crew yeah and we had a lot of them on multiple locations uh weather Weather I is always, huge. Weather is huge, and and it was a lesson. And, and this goes back to that sort of thing where I just wanted to get into production. I I did a short film, the, the one with Christine that we shot in October, um, and we got snowed out. It was it was a terrible experience from the sense of the, the, the weather just didn't cooperate with us. And I said I will never shoot another film that has exterior locations in Colorado, in the mountains in October. And you did. And we started first day of production <laughs> was October. Yeah. <laughs> so, so but I, so the, again so I think it's. Um, the world is against you when you're trying to make a film. So I remember a couple of days that I was on set and I do remember feeling just a frustration yeah. among the crew. And some of that, I know we had brought some other people into the team that maybe we didn't know as well. 
And I think sometimes that caused some issues. There were some different people that we had to have on the team that, um, yeah, I don't know that we needed. Do you think that was part of it? Not or? really. I don't think, I don't think I had, um, I think really it was just, it was just a lot for everybody. I think that's really, I think it was daunting. What we were doing was, was very daunting. Like yeah. we were, we had, if you look at the film, I forgot how many locations we had, but we had a ton of locations and we were shooting hour, hour and a half, sometimes an hour, 45 minutes away so from Denver, driving to time. Get there. And then we'd work for 10, 11 hours. And then sometimes we'd be in the cold and, and, and it's not like we weren't prepared. Like we would, people had jackets and stuff, but like the working it just was a lot. It just yeah. was a lot. It was very ambitious. The all of Collider to me was ambitious. Everything I've done, and that's something that I don't know if I struggle. I, I, maybe the word is I struggle with, but like my, my films are ambitious. Okay. Right. I, I have big ideas. Okay. One thing I remember: the food was fantastic. Yes, the food was great. Okay. And that's our, that. my food's always been good. <laughs> I, I've always known that. I, I was like, the way to cruise hard is their food for sure. So like we. I mean, this is a shout sure. out to Danny's mom. Yeah, the food was great. I mean, mm-hmm. she killed it, mm-hmm. and I think that helped morale. That helped everybody. Sure. We had sure. great food, and I don't know. That just yeah. that goes a long way. Yeah, so and some have, days have were, good food. Yeah, have great food. And some days weren't like, it's not like this, like all of Collider was like just every single day was this dread. It just was, it was just a, a big production it was ambitious. for very little money. <laughs> um, and that's just what it Our was. Our crew were, they were troopers. Oh yeah. I mean, oh, yeah, for everything for sure. they had to go through, they mm-hmm. really were. The yep. cast, the crew, they were fantastic. Yeah, Christine went through hell on this movie. Oh, I mean, goodness. she did so much. Um, so shout out the to contacts, her. The contacts, yeah. I mean, all the, the un- underwater stuff, yep, underwater. the cold, like she's oh, wait, underwater walking scenes. How did walk you do around that? half naked on the, oh my gosh. <laughs> down the middle okay, of Main Street. Okay, we can talk a little bit all about that. that. Yeah. Yeah. Underwater scenes. Now that's ambitious for your first feature yeah. film. It's, it's, I mean, would you recommend that no, or no? Absolutely not. <laughs> I mean, I'm looking back on like, I, when I like, look back on Collider, doing? I just go, like, what were you doing, dude? Like, this is way too big. It was way too much. And I think. And sometimes when you have really big ideas, like you focus only on that idea. And instead of the story. Instead of the rest of the story. Or yeah. for instance, like I, I think back to that first, there's, there's a first scene where she's on this like table. It's like this whole sci-fi scene. It's like maybe 30 seconds in the entire film right. all together. And we spent two or three days trying to build that one particular set it was just like we were spending all of our energy okay. on the wrong stuff oh my gosh um, but it was important to the story that scene was wasn't it i mean everything's essentially important to the story you would hope well you would hope yeah right? you would hope so so yeah at the time i thought it was uh, very important but it's just funny going back to the editing but going back to the underwater how do we do that um we went and shot at a uh, dive school and we had some underwater cameras and I think we had a crew of three or four people with DSLR cameras in a cage. And we had Christine just jump in and do all the acting I underwater. I mean, thank God for Christine yeah. willing to do that. And she was a swimmer, too. So that helped. Yeah, it still was awful. I mean, there was a, <laughs> this, you think about just like the amount of water in her, her eyes and her ears. And I mean, she's, she's just such a trooper. Such, Such a trooper. A trooper. Yeah. Well, I know for safety too. We had a, a some all the dive. Oh yeah, we had the we had a whole team. We, we, it wasn't just people just on to cameras. Make sure it was yep. safe. Yep. So. Yeah. It was. It was actually. It was a cool experience. Yeah. Um, I thought it was. I thought it was cre- really ambitious. It was. It was pretty cool to see, and just to be able to work with a crew. Like I. I didn't go under. I mean, I was up at top, and I was like, okay, action. <laughs> and then I would just sit there. <laughs> but there were signals we had. There was. There was a, a lifeguard. Of, I guess a lifeguard or instructor. Of, up top and one underwater and um it was it was very safe it was um, probably one of the more safer things we did as far as having the crew um Mm -hmm. available to do that because we work with 
the um, school directly and their instructors and stuff. Yeah. So, okay. Lessons learned from production. Lessons learned from production. Let me think. Um, I don't know. I mean, honestly, I mean, we Collider ran like a production. I mean, it wasn't like every day had its small issues, but it's not like every day had a huge. It was issue. normal production. Yeah, it was. Issues. It's, yeah, it was normal production issues. I just think we were just doing a lot. We were doing a we're ton. We're doing too much. A ton with of pages money. a day. We were do, we were doing a ton of locations. Again, we were shooting in the mountains in October, um, so there was snow. We were dealing with a lot of weather issues. Mm-hmm. So because of that, we actually did have to do some other pickup days. Yeah, so the film, uh, I think we did 18 days of principal photography. It was 17 or 18 days of principal photography. And I think right. we ended up, as far as with, with all the pickup days, I think we ended up around 25 days. That sounds right. It was yeah. 24 or 25. Yeah, yeah. so it was 20, 25 days of shooting. Well, I think, you know, Justin, everything you're saying is so good. We've got to wrap up today's show just due to time. But um, join us again next week as we dive into part two of this conversation. And we talk a little bit more about production, post-production and distribution on Collider. Make sure you subscribe um, and hit the bell notification on YouTube or you can subscribe on iTunes. I'm your host, Alicia Cole Heinrich. And thank you for joining us on the Gritty Filmmakers Podcast.